This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. New month, new team. Yeah, it seems that way. This is the uh, Wednesday edition of Lease Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill here presented by PointsBet Canada. Just a crazy, crazy time. Rosie, I'm pumped for today's show and pumped for tonight's game against the Oilers. What's going on? Yeah, dude, especially pumped for tonight's game. We got one-third of a new team on the roster. So uh, lots to unpack, man. It was quite the wild, wild day. It seemed like it just wouldn't end. I couldn't get over the statistics from yesterday, including the Maple Leafs have six new players since February 17th when they made that trade with the St. Louis Blues. But in general, yesterday felt like deadline day, but we still have three days to go. It's on Friday at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Again, we'll be part of the coverage via daily face-off in the Nation Network YouTube page starting at noon Eastern time all the way until 4 Eastern time. But 11 trades, Rosie, yesterday. If you want to factor in the Jonathan Quick one that happened at 12.30 Eastern, 9:30 Pacific last night. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a domino effect. People were working the phones. Things must have been close, and all of a sudden, a uh, couple fell, and they just uh, kept falling. Man, it was like every time I looked at my phone, there was a new deal. It kind of felt like the last day of deadline day or free agent frenzy when just things just keep blowing up on your phone. And you're saying, "Oh, this here to here, this guy to this guy, this guy to this place, this team pulled a trigger," and you're just watching, watching, watching. It's kind of weird because, like you said, we still got quite a few days left here. Do you have any good, I know I've asked you the last couple of weeks, but are there any good like deadline stories that stick out in your mind, you know, being a player around a guy who's been dealt or something's happened in your vicinity? Um, I'm trying to think of anything crazy. No, I mean, just me personally, it was uh, the trade uh, deadline and like fell on, uh, I don't know, it was on a day and I was on the golf course and I was playing golf and then my buddy looked at his phone and looked at me he was like what and I was about to you know I had a good round going and then my dad and brother were calling me and I thought it was some kind of a joke or something and then I got dealt to Philadelphia from uh during the lockout there and I had to like drive across the entire golf course and get to uh get to my house I was a ways away and I had to tell Paul Holmgren yeah I could be there and I had to tell him I couldn't make a certain flight and I didn't want to tell him why and it started off just complete panic mode right everything in your life just turns upside down and you got to figure out where am I going? How much shit do I have? How long do I have to organize it all? And just all the logistics and where am I going? And who plays on that team? And how do I fit? And what did we trade for? And when am I playing next? It's just total whirlwind. You go from a peaceful day to complete mayhem. So I'm sure a lot of guys are feeling that yesterday. Oh, for sure. And watching even the Viz out in, uh, I guess, Seattle, where the Leafs were skating yesterday, and you see the Viz of like Pierre Engvall and, and Nylander saying goodbye to the guys, and obviously Rasmus Sandin, it really humanizes the situation where it's like one second you're a Maple Leaf, two minutes later, you know, in Engvall's case, you're a member of the New York Islanders, or, you know, in Sandin's case, you're now with the Washington Capitals, and it's like, boom, you move on with life, and it's like nothing happened in Toronto. Yeah, it's part of the business, man. I mean, you get, you know, I think the Swedes on that team have been very close. There's quite a few of them. And when you when you break two of them off and send them pack, and I mean, you don't know if you're really going to ever hang out with that guy again, you know, and you could be yeah. good, close friends with them for a couple of years and train together in the summer and meet up at this thing and, and do all the stuff because you're part of the same organization. And then just one day you look at your phone and you may never hang out with this guy again unless you 
you know, make it over plans to, to see up in the summer or whatever happens, but a lot changes and that's part of the business. It's uh, you get used to it, man. And that's why guys are, are pretty good at interchanging into uh, new dressing rooms. And it's not that big of a deal when you've done it for long enough, you can kind of jump into a locker room and get along with everyone pretty fast. As somebody who loves trades yesterday was just phenomenal. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. And don't forget to visit the for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs, again, they start their three-game uh, Western Canadian tour tonight with a stop in Edmonton, then on a Calgary tomorrow. Then on to Vancouver on Saturday, where we could see a Luke Shen revenge game. We'll get to that. Also, we're in the process of migrating over to our very own YouTube page. You see on your screen right there, courtesy producer Alex, at the Leafs Nation 401, at the Leafs Nation 401. And if you were subscribed, we actually put out an instant reaction piece yesterday Following the first of three trades, it uh, it was um, evergreen information for about uh, five minutes <laughs> until the next trade went down. The dominoes started to fall left and right. We couldn't, quite frankly, keep up, but uh, so be it. In the YouTube world, thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. But for now, we're going to get over the boards. All right, Rosie, let's go in chronicle, chronological order. Yeah, easy for me to say, but just a crazy, crazy Tuesday Tuesday afternoon. It started at 3.52 Eastern time. Uh, out of nowhere, I think we were both taking naps at the time. Uh, Rasmus Sandin <laughs> gets dealt to the Washington Capitals for Eric Gustafson, who's having a pretty good offensive season, and Boston's first-round pick that was involved in the Orlov trade. By the way, Orlov goes off, got two goals last night. He has four points in two games in the last two games here with the bees. Yeah. So after that, um, the dust settles for about 50 minutes. Yours truly and I, um, Rosie and I do a podcast. We're feeling good about life. And then 4.46 Eastern time, the, the other domino. Pierre Engvall gets traded to the New York Islanders for a 2024 third-round pick, but they're not done there. A minute later, as you've been speculating for the better part of like four months, Toronto acquires Luke Shen 2.0 here. Again, he's coming back. A 2023 third round pick and uh, three trades in uh, less than an hour, Rosie. Your breakdown. Yeah, I mean, it was clear to me then when uh, that Angval trade went down that obviously they freed up that space for a reason and it just seemed like something else was coming. So once that hit the phone, you realize that there was more coming and you were paying more attention. But yeah, I wasn't, uh, I mean, why would we expect or not expect things to happen? We're not really in the in the war room there, breaking it down with, with Dubis, but obviously he had some things in place and was close to pulling the trigger. And, you know, once everything was in line, he just started pulling the trigger and the dominoes fell. And it was, it was interesting, man. I mean, every time I saw what had happened it had made sense to me I understood why it's what we've been talking about for quite a while and it wasn't anything out of the blue except for maybe Sandine being part of a trade but um you know when we bring in three defensemen you know someone's got to kind of move out with some with some value so everything that fell in place was pretty interesting man and I look at it as a whole because I think they're all kind of connected on trying to fill the holes that we've been talking about in the roster and get over the hump of of their their lackluster performance in the playoffs and I I can't help but look and say this all makes sense to me I would do all of these things if they were available to me as well and you just can't argue with it and now the only thing left to do is is see how these guys gel together and and put some points on the board see what it looks like it really is crazy when you look at your screen right now and you see the guys who have been in and out even in the last two weeks dating back to February 17th, again, when they pull off that massive trade with St. Louis. But 
to me, this just screams they're not done just yet. I don't know if it's going to be a Justin Hall leaving or maybe that first-round pick is in play. But at this point, if you're all in, you're all in. Um, and last time I checked, they have nine NHL defensemen on their roster right now, which leads me to believe maybe they're not finished. And I think they still have an asset, a big-time asset, in a first-round pick. So, you know, with that in mind, Rosie, what what else is out there in your opinion or what do you think they can, you know, upgrade in right now? Is it goaltending? Is it the back end? Would you love another forward maybe? Uh, it, I don't know who's out there and what's available and it just gets complicated, but I think they've done a good job. If this is all they do, I'm pretty pleased. I feel like yeah. they've got some sandpaper up in the bottom six, a little bit more depth. I mean, obviously the Ryan O'Reilly thing is going to make a big a big wave in the locker room and on the on the roster. And then I was just saying, come on, can we get a little bit of a veteran defenseman? Can we get a little bit of jam on the back end? Um, can we just solidify that up a little bit? It seems a little bit weak. If we get into an absolute war of a playoff series, are these D-men going to be able to get it done? Can we rely on Geo to be blocking every shot and jumping in all the scrums and stuff? I don't know. I wasn't totally sold on that I, I just I didn't like it and they ended up solving that problem here we got McCabe Shen and, and Gustafson there who are going to be inserted who I think are going to bring that level up quite a bit so if they don't do anything else I'm not going to say well why didn't I mean we've made a huge splash already but if they yeah. do I think the only thing um, that the people will be raising their eyebrows at is are you shaking up a good team too much and are you rattling the the chemistry and whatnot which I don't see it as far as the players they've got. I mean, unless they insert some kind of cancerous player, but every single guy on this sheet right now has got a, a reputation for years and years of being a solid room or a solid teammate and a good guy uh, with good character, which is what you're looking for, obviously. Honestly, I think the conversation would be a lot different if, say, they brought in a Patrick Kane. Nothing against Patrick Kane. He's still one of the more polarizing players in the league, future Hall of Famer. Uh, loves the spotlight. It would be a lot different than who they brought in, guys like Ryan O'Reilly, more of sort of the background noise type guys, right? And I think that's a conversation I certainly want to have uh, when it comes to the identity of this team and what they've picked up. But I think you look conversely at Sandine trading him away. I have no problem maxing out on a player to get a first-round pick and a defenseman's having a pretty good season, adding to the depth in the back end. No problem with that. Um, again, we've been talking about it all season long. I do think Pierre Engvall was expendable. I can't believe they got a third-round pick. And obviously, he's viewed higher than you and I view Pierre Engvall. But I do think he's very one-dimensional, doesn't play to his size, lacks hockey IQ, in my opinion. Not to rip on him. Like, this isn't one of your uh, your meetings in the offseason with an RFA and, like, we're, we're inside a, a courtroom talking about a player in arbitration. But, arbitration. I mean, there's pros and cons to, to, to Pierre Engvall. Like, he's a good bottom-six guy, has a pretty deceptive shot. Um, I just wonder about the IQ. He plays kind of small too, considering his size. So what I'm saying is, I think he was expendable. Obviously, he wasn't in my perfect picture playoff roster. And then to get Luke Shen, um, I do think this is Toronto positioning itself to play a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. And they're not going to get pushed around anymore. That's great to see. And it sort of combo. It sort of combos the Tanner Janot pickup, I think, to an extent. Yeah, I think so. I mean. A guy like Luke Shen's gonna go out there and he's gonna he's gonna bang the body and finish his hits and and he's a good puck mover, kill penalties, block shots. He loves to finish his checks and play that style and he knows what it takes to win. He's won two Stanley Cups and gone deep in in several playoff runs, so he knows what it looks like. But the other thing is like that makes 
that makes everyone else better. That makes everyone else bigger. And it's, it's contagious when, especially in the playoffs, yeah. when, you know, you're absolutely jacked up. Energy is so high. You're running adrenaline. The crowd's going absolutely bananas. It's a completely different feel in the playoffs. And you got Shenner out there banging guys. And if anyone wants to get in anyone's face, they can get in scrums and stuff. And all of a sudden, everyone else is playing a little bit bigger. And I don't mind getting rid of Pierre Engvall because I don't think I think he could play with Macho Man Randy Savage and his heartbeat wouldn't go up too much. He just <laughs> doesn't have it. He just does. It's just not a part of the game. I, I think that his mind even goes to anything physical or aggressive. And he's shown that time and time again. And, you know, you're pulling him out of the lineup and moving him around the lines. And you'd think you get a little wake-up call of, you know, maybe I can do some other things that this team needs. And he just refused to. Refused to. So, you know what? Down the road you go. We need a guy that is willing to do that. And you weren't willing. So I have no problem with it. And right now you look at those those back-end players. And it just it's just hard to, to think that Justin Hole is still pegged in there. Like you said, nine NHL defensemen. Um, be interesting to see what the lineup is like here and, and how the week shakes out because putting him in any kind of a strong role right now with the with the personnel that we have, I, I just don't see how you could justify it. And we've been kind of baffled all year long on how this guy just is uh, cemented into the lineup, which I don't think he brings a whole lot. And again, a guy that could be a lot more physical and bang and have that presence like Luke Shen and just kind of doesn't even have any interest in doing so. So suffice it is to say, Rosie and I both agree we're very happy with the moves. And if this is it, uh, very, very good moving forward with this team as you get set for the Stanley Cup playoffs and the stretch drive to the Stanley Cup playoffs. So all season long, Rosie, we, we've, we've checked in to talk about the identity of this team. If you do recall in October, I was like, who the fuck are these guys? It was a train wreck. But the conversation has changed quite a bit off the bat. And you sort of touched on it. Six new players on the roster since February 17th. How concerned are you with with the chem of this team moving forward? You love that chemistry conversation. I normally do, and um, I don't think this is going to throw off the chemistry in the locker room. I don't think you brought in anyone that's going to step on anyone's toes um, besides maybe a Ryan O'Reilly, but even him, I mean, he's not threatening really anybody he might bump someone down the depth chart but guys are used to doing that all year with the way Keith runs things and he's just he's just such a solid team guy we've we've touched on that many times he's not going to ruffle any feathers and, and upset the cam and then the guys on the back end are you know they're they're again they're just adding to the team I think everyone in that locker room knows what's lacking in their losses this year and what makes them you know, a little bit hesitant to be, to call themselves the best team in the league. And you're trying to fill those holes. And I think they did. So it shouldn't mess up any of the chemistry as far as locker room. Now, as far as on ice, it's yet to be seen. That's kind of a finicky thing. It's, you never really know. I mean, especially going back to the pre-salary cap days when you could just throw money at a team, you can buy the best players and just make an all-star type team. It doesn't mean they're going to win the Stanley cup. And it never, never, ever did mean that. And that's to speak of the chemistry on the ice. So it's yet to be seen, which is why I can't wait for the games here this week and, and see what it's looking like and see how much jam they have. Uh, they're not going to be at home. They're not going to have their crowd behind them, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, again, there's no answer for that until we see it. The proof's in the pudding. And is this a playoff winning team? It looks like it, but we're not able to put the stamp on it until they prove that. And they have dropped the ball time and time again, and it is an obvious hump they need to get over. And they're doing everything they bloody well can to do so. And there's no reason to think they won't this year. You got to have faith that they will because the past is the past. It doesn't even exist. You can just look at this piece of paper and say this team should get to the second round and should beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
What do you mean they won't have their crowd? As somebody who played for the Leafs, you know Alberta is going to be filled with Leafs fans. Vancouver coming up on Saturday. You know, I joked a couple weeks back the Key Bank Center in Buffalo was like Scotiabank Arena. I wouldn't doubt the crowd to be that animated and that noisy as well coming up tonight against Edmonton, tomorrow against Calgary, and Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the bottom six has been a bone of contention throughout the season for us as well. Um, you talk about identity. I think the bottom six has the identity and the roster in general, Rosie, has the identity. Top six, you have some skill. You have some sandpaper. The bottom six, you have a bit of skill with guys like Kerfoot, but also, you know, mixing in, you know, Sam Lafferty into the mix there in that conversation. And Anul Achari, like, I, I think there's designated roles for these guys now. Yeah, for sure. It's starting to look like the numbers and the names are standing out um, from teams that you've seen go deep in the playoffs for those reasons that you mentioned. You got a good, healthy balance. You got different layers. Um, there's not gaping holes that can just start to deteriorate a game when a team starts to expose it. And I think this team's identity has been high offense. They can win a game by scoring four and five goals. It's always kind of been lacking on goaltending it's been lacking on clutch scoring it's been lacking on defense and this year so far especially now that they've made these moves I feel like they have addressed those concerns to the best of their possible ability and they're ready to rock here they loaded up and again the problems they have had they have answered the fans cries of we need to do this and we need to get better at that and they have gone out there and in a multitude of ways shapened up that roster and and it looks pretty deep and well-rounded is how I would explain their identity right now and now they got to go put it on the ice and and make it come to fruition it really is great to see honestly I think they've addressed some needs on this roster and weren't afraid to make some wholesale changes like say what you want about him Kyle Dubas isn't afraid to make a move now granted he hasn't you know poked into and tapped into the the core guys just yet but uh, we talked about this yesterday in our bonus hit. This pretty much signifies Kyle Dubas saying, you know what, guys, I've done all I could. It, it, the onus is on the players now, Rosie. Make no mistake about it. Management has done everything possible to put them in the best position to win, not only against Tampa, but win the Stanley Cup. The onus is firmly on the players. And if they can't do it, then, Rosie, the, the next domino to fall will be a big player getting you know moved this summer. I think it's the last player in the Dubas era. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, it's uh, for good reason. They haven't touched the core. The core has been fantastic. They're they're going off each other like like crazy. There's chemistry between them. They're finding each other. They can score goals and put up big bunches. And and like we've said before, if it's not this group of guys, it's that group of guys that they can kind of work together really well. And then there's a bunch of those top guys that are interchangeable with everybody. And it's just uh, it, that's where the chemistry is. And I think to break that up would be like, whoa, what are you doing here? You don't know if that's yeah. going to work because those high skill, high octane guys very much play off each other and need to know that that guy's going to be in the spot and he's going to go to the open ice where, you know, the other guy feels he should be and you can make those passes and make those plays and they're working really good off of that. They have no problems with that right now. 
And to break that up would be a mistake. He hasn't done that. And everything he's brought in has only been, like I say, filling holes. And those aren't going to disrupt the chemistry of the team. It's not going to disrupt the core. It's not going to change the identity. It's just going to round it out a lot better. And so far, there's nothing to argue with with what he's done. So I, I know people are talking about his contract and talking about next year and does this is he panicking and all that shit? He's just a general manager who's trying to put the best team he can in order to win. And the team is at a high functioning rate right now where they're ready to win and they're peaking. And that now is the time to go all in and see what you can do. And it's regardless of, of his, uh, his contract status. I, I just think people just beat that drum to death. It's got nothing to do with it. He's just a GM trying to win at a time when the team is right up there with the best of the best. I would just say he blows his load now. It'd be crazy if he leaves, right? I mean, they would have pretty much nothing in terms of, um, you know, uh, uh, picks, but they would have Matthew Nyes. They'd have a couple prospects still in the cupboard. But certainly there's a lot of comparisons being drawn as well to Alex Anthopoulos and the Blue Jays. I think back in 2015, remember that summer where they brought in David Price and they were ready to win. Went substantially far, ultimately losing to the KC Royals. Uh, but still, like sometimes you have to go all in. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. As I was telling you off air, at the end of the day, there's going to be 31 teams that go home unhappy and don't win the Stanley Cup this season. But sometimes when you feel that strongly about your team, you put them in a position to win. And that's what the Maple Leafs have done right here and now. Speaking of which, uh, again, lost in the shuffle of all this is another showdown with Matthews and McDavid tonight. At Rogers Place in Edmonton, the first of two meetings in 13 days, by the way, on March 13th, the Oilers will visit Scotiabank Arena. Firstly, I would love to see Jack Campbell start this game and play this game. I don't know if that's going to happen. He, he's been a fucking disaster for that team this year. Can't make a save. Stuart Skinner's the better goalie, but we'll see if we find out a starting goalie for this game. But I always look forward to this matchup. McDavid's having an unbelievable season right now. Yeah, he really is. He's uh, he's doing all the right things, and Austin Matthews isn't quite having it. His season was last year, but uh, yeah, you could pick a few guys that McDavid could square off with in uh, on this roster right now. Maybe Nylander goes and has himself a, a monster game, or O'Reilly does something special, or or Bunting goes off, or Marner just decides to do Marner things out there. It's, it's a plethora of guys that could step up to the challenge right now. And obviously on their team with Dreisaitl and, and McDavid are going to be the guys to watch for sure. But uh, when you get a bunch of talent together that doesn't see each other very often, it's nice to see how they, how they match up for sure. So I'm excited for tonight. And again, looking forward to seeing some of the newcomers. Uh, we don't really know on the extent of, of Shen or Gustafson, but I would say it's highly likely Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty will make their uh, debuts for the Maple Leafs. And, uh, not to bury the lead as well. Matias Ekholm goes from Nashville to Edmonton yesterday. What a, a massive pickup. That guy's a stud. And that's the one thing the Oilers have need. I think they still could use another defenseman. But Ekholm could make his debut tonight as well for the Oilers. So it, it just adds to the drama and the intrigue. And then you add the, the cherry on top to me would be Jack Campbell. I don't know if it happens and if he plays in this game. But like, there's a lot of excitement for a regular season game. Like in normal times... You'd be pumped up, fired up to see Matthews against McDavid and the other stars and Dreisaitl and, you know, Hyman's having a great year and Nugent Hopkins. You can go up and down the list, but I think it just adds to the intrigue, you know, the trade hoopla and some of the new guys and new faces and new places here. Yeah, there's there's quite a few storylines that you could go to and lots of the ones that would be normally on the top of the list are lost in the shuffle right now. But with all the accusations yeah. these teams have had, I think most eyeballs are going to be on what does that lineup look like? Um, how are yeah. they rolling them? 
um, how much, you know, ozone possession, who's getting the shots on that, who starts well and who's clicking right off the bat. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see Ekholm on their back end. I mean, the Oilers fans have been crying for a stud D-man for what seems like years and years and years. And what do they go give Darnell Nurse nine million bucks or something? And it's just some head shakers <laughs> for sure. And I know I get to hear the plight of the Oilers all the time with buddies that follow them quite yeah. closely. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. We got six new guys. I mean, obviously O'Reilly and Acharya have played, but to see how everyone fits yeah. together and what that lineup looks like and all these new numbers on the ice will be wicked for us. And and then the bonus is we'll get to see what McDavid does and see who steps up to the plate tonight. And should be should be a good game and lots of lots of interest and eyeballs on it for sure. By the way, I know we had Luke Shen on in November. We aim to have him on over the next couple of weeks. We have to get to the bottom of the fact that I have friends, by the way, who have Luke Shen number two jerseys. And now apparently, supposedly, Shen is wearing 22 because Jake McKay took number two. I don't know how you don't go back to your old number. We're going to have to get to the bottom of that, okay? Yeah, I think uh, normally when you come in and a guy's had a thing, you buy him a watch or something nice. And uh, McKay he hasn't, hasn't even played put a the game jersey. for them yet. I would just be like, put sorry, bud, you're not taking two. I know. You'd think he, uh, well, they're both kind of veteran guys. I don't know. It'd be tough just for maybe McCabe no can way. go to 24, 22 or whatever. But Schenner's worn 22 yeah. before. But it, when I think of him in the Maple Leafs, I think of that young, young face when he was just a teenager and that number two on his back. So it'd be nice if somehow yeah. they could finagle that uh, number two to get back on him. We'll talk to Pappy in the locker room, in the trainer's room. Maybe he can uh, maybe he can put a stop. He's got enough pullback there to say, sorry, Schenner's got number two. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe it's one of those rare occasions where McCabe just wears two for the rest of this road trip. They get back home and they figure it out. That's the easy trade for me. McCabe goes 22, Shen goes to two. Of course, 24 is occupied by Wayne Simmons, who last I checked is not even on this roster. I thought it made perfect sense for McCabe to go 24. There was a guy named Brian McCabe back in the day. No relation, by the way, but I just, I, I would love that. Uh, but nonetheless, it doesn't really matter. Uh, what we like. Uh, meantime, Rosie's on fire with these bets. Let's get after it. The wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. Go ahead, Rosie. Oh, man, I had lots to choose from. I'll tell you personally, <laughs> I'm taking Johnny T at, for an assist at 140, uh, Bunting for an assist at plus 230. I'm going to sprinkle the puck line minus one and a half at plus oh. 200. So if any of this is hitting, it's great. But my bet today is just clean and simple. The Toronto Maple Leafs to win this hockey game. It's at minus 125. They're favored. But, I mean, I just can't think that adding these guys i think everyone's going to be excited i think everyone wants to put a good foot foot forward they know how much of a splash this made in the league and the fans eyes and everything else and they they want to start on a good note and not have the the world of toronto kind of start to close in on them if they lose a couple games with this roster because you know how fast that can happen i yeah. think they're going to throw throw it all out there and try to have a big uh, big game and just looking at the roster i just believe they're a better hockey team right now and if everyone just plays their game i think they're going to beat the edmonton oilers so my my bet is the money line toronto maple leafs tonight minus 125 i don't know i think you threw like 17 different bets out there but that just speaks to your confidence right now you're feeling good and everything's been hitting for you right Pretty much, man. I just I, I was going down the thing and there's just this plus money, like Michael Bunting plus two thirty to get an assist. Like it's not I know he's got twenty some of them, but it's like that's just good that's just good odds to sprinkle it. Mm -hmm. Sprinkle some cash on there and uh, sprinkle. And if it yep. hits, sprinkle it. Like salt bay. Sprinkle yeah. it. That like guy's salt an bay. idiot, but my bet <laughs> is 
my bet is my minus 125 money line the Maple Leafs. And I'm just giving you guys something to think about on the side, baby. That's what I do. This is what I do for a living. I mean, I got a lot of people watching me. There's there's lots of people who've got their their careers and their lives on the line because of this stuff, but you know, you know, he's a big Salt Bay guy, Frankie Carrado, man. We had him on the show a couple months back, and he was talking about uh, Salt Bay. Uh, I know Salt Bay got in trouble over at the World Cup in November. He was getting involved in the conversation, holding the trophy. It's like, bud, you salt steak. That's what you do, <laughs> and you're famous. He was, he was yanking Messi's shoulder off to get a goddamn <laughs> selfie with the guy as if, like, the most important thing of the moment was his freaking Instagram account, man. He yeah. was a complete idiot. I'm glad he got in trouble for it. Dude, it reminded me of that time you and I were at Scotiabank Arena and you just kept wanting pictures with me. I'm like, dude, I'm just here to watch a hockey game and Matt Murray play a hockey game. And Matt Murray didn't play that game because he uh, he got hurt. Dude, speaking <laughs> of pictures at the hockey game, it was like about 20 minutes to get the one you like. We're checking lighting. It was worse than being yeah. out with my wife and her girlfriends. Wendell Clark's yeah. back there, the Sasky boy, going, holy <laughs> fuck, the game's changed. I had Tyler Rosehill just taking shots of the kid. Got to up the accounts. You know, we're gaining steam on the Leafs Nation 401. Anyways, we've wasted too much time. We got to get to the chat. It's red hot today. There's an influx of Oilers fans in here too, which is great to see. TML writes in an extension after the playoffs. If Leafs lose in the first round, uh, that should be it for Dubas. Fair enough. Prescott writes in, what a 24 hours indeed. I feel for quick. Imagine playing what could be our final year gearing up for a playoff run and ended in Columbus. Rosie, where do you sit in that conversation? I know Jonathan Quick is pissed, but dude, like he's fucking, he's been terrible this year. Uh, like play better. If you want to stand the team, play better. And number two, blame your agent for not having a no trade clause in your contract. Yeah, I mean, a guy of his caliber that's won Stanley Cups and stuff should have, um, you know, at least some kind of preferential protection. cities and picks yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, protect yourself and your family and, for how long you can stay in a city and put your roots in, you'd think that that would be something you could easily do. And obviously he didn't. So I don't know. Yeah, play better. There's a thing about like, you know, a guy's pedigree and what is he, he's what has he done in his career? And if you won team Stanley Cups and, you know, that goes a long way. And sometimes you see guys, you know, you could almost say maybe the, the Chicago Blackhawks are a victim of that right now where, you know, they keep that core together just because of the nostalgia and the fans and the, you know, they're still good players, but eventually that's going to come up to bite you. And now Jonathan Quick, it's time for him to move down the road and you can't keep holding on to him just because, you know, he's a good guy or he's done things in his, in his career. It's, it's the game, buddy. You're still in the business and, and yeah, you should look after yourself and get a no trade clause clause. If you're that desperate to stay put your boy, Pringle McDingle. What a, what a handle writes in. We need Tom Wilson. Uh, the third line is still weak. Get rid of Kerfoot. Uh, police who I believe is an Oilers fan. That third line is not good. Oilers third line is going to rip up that Leafs third line. Echo is going to stop Leafs cycle also scary so uh Oilers fans are hyped man Matias Atcom's in the mix now yeah why not they've been needing that defenseman for quite a while so I'm sure it'll help I don't know if it's going to stop the uh the fury on our top six but uh I guess we'll see man it's a good it's a good uh good place to start for the Leafs with this new roster against a team like that they've they've got some big time talent and they've got some big time holes in their in their locker room and their roster as well so we'll see if they've punch those holes shut a little bit here with uh with at obviously he's a he's a big name the fight's on uh, in the chat by the way pringle mcdingle and police uh, pretty uh pretty much have their uh their mitts off and they're going out of here which is uh 
Great to see. We I don't like endorse that. scrapping in the chat, but uh, sometimes uh, fan bases have to go at, at it a bit. Uh, I like it. Uh, Brandon writes in, Dubas doesn't deserve an extension yet. Uh, we need to get to the finals before they consider even extending Dubas. His original plan of mostly skill has failed. TML to rap writes, McCabe shouldn't get number two. But yeah, that is, uh, that's something I've thrown at you the last couple of days. Has Kyle Dubas done enough to warrant getting an extension? And then, you know, same type of conversation as Alex Anthopoulos to a degree. Like, does he want to stay in Toronto? That's the one thing nobody's talking about. Like, yeah, you want to get to the summit. You want to win. But what happens if somebody else out there poses a bigger, you know, opportunity for Kyle Dubas or more money? Like, there's just so many different factors that I think you have to weigh both sides of the spectrum. But I do think he's done enough to at least entertain at least a bit of a conversation with the brain trust. Say, hey, like, I, I did this for you guys. Help me out here. Oh, for sure. I just, I think it's, I, I just think even if they lose in the first round, that's not the GM's fault. Like, look yeah. again, you're just putting names and numbers on paper. That's a GM's job. The personality and the chemistry of it all is the locker room and the coaching staff's job to make it work on the ice. But you give a guy the best players you can possibly get. And I mean, look at the moves he's made. We're questioning if he has freaking nudies at the at the brothel house of half the other gms in the league because what's why is this guy getting everything he wants man it's it's awesome so it's just like if you if you fired him in the summer and we had a different gm right now what what would you expect him to do if you're not a dubis fan what, what yeah. different do you think what what's the other thing the fantastic thing that this fairy tale gm would do that kyle dubis can't do that you yeah. would expect and if it doesn't work this year you're going to bring in who to do what differently? Like, what else do you want? He's put the names on the paper. That's the GM's job. And he's done it fantastically. And I think he should have an extension. I think he wants to stay in Toronto. I do not think there's any bigger opportunity for a guy like him to be. And I, I think it'll all probably work out, judging by what I've seen on this paper right now. So is that a guarantee they're winning the Stanley Cup? Is that what you're doing here? No, it is not. It's uh, <laughs> I get asked that, and I said I've already got bets with buddies and stuff. They are getting yeah. past the first round. That is that is my take. Okay. I'll put yeah, I'll put good money on yeah. that. No, are you? I'll, are I'll you? That, are you let's do this. Are you saying they won't get past the first round? I'm not saying anything. Just no Goliath is in the way. The best goaltender on the planet. The best defenseman on the planet. I think it's going to be a great series. Ultimately, they're going to have to have to have that fortitude. They're going to have to score that big goal. They're going to have to stop that big goal. And that's always what it comes down to. But that's been the thing missing in this team. So at the very least, Cal Dubas has given them options here. And it's up to guys and their bottom six guys to score that big time goal. Very similar to a Nick Paul or like a Brandon Hagel in the past for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's going to be a great series. There's no doubt about it. I think it goes seven. Yeah, it's it's going to be good, and and like you said, it's up to them now. They've gotten the pieces, yeah. they've got the, the players, they've got yeah. the accusations, man. They've got the personnel to get it done. Now you just get it fucking done. Enough's enough. Get it done and get gone and get over that hump, and then see what you can do. Because I think Boston is beatable in a seven game series. I I, I certainly don't yeah. think it's going to be easy, but it's not like they're this Terminator team that is untouchable. Um, they can be beat given the right circumstances, and I think anybody. I think it's just going to be a war in the East. I just can't wait to watch the Eastern Conference playoffs. It's it's going to be a war of unbelievable teams going against each other. It'll be sad that more of them can't come out of it, to be honest. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I can't even talk about Boston just yet because I, I got to focus on Tampa. And, you know, I was just thinking, like, it's been a while since you said somebody fucking do something. I was about to put that on a T-shirt for you. But uh, it just shows you <laughs> the strides the Leafs have made in the last couple months. It's yeah. great to see. So, Rosie, we'll leave it at that. We'll come back tomorrow. A programming note as well. No show on Friday. Um, but, again, we'll be part of, uh, of Daily Faceoffs coverage starting at noon Eastern time. Uh, all the way till 4 Eastern time, break down whatever's left. Uh, obviously, we'll break down some of the moves that have happened already. You see on your screen right there. So that's coming up on Friday. One more show coming up tomorrow to wrap up a deadline week. And we'll uh, we'll recap this game against the Oilers and get set for the big one as well in the back-to-back against the Calgary Flames tomorrow, okay? Right on, man. See you then. There you have it. That's Shea Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Enjoy.